Okay, welcome back, Double J Summer Episode. Today we are going to start out with Dominic Zobosly announced at Liverpool officially this past week. Everybody be very impressed that I got that pronunciation correct. First time, Zobosly. I'm probably still somehow messing it up. Nonetheless, Mason Mount unveiled at Manchester United the new number seven. Goes to Mason Mount, not Alejandro Garnacho, which surprised some people. While United's second bid for Andre Onana has recently been rejected, but it looks like that could get over the line here in the next couple of days. We'll have any and all other transfer news, the Saudi Public Investment Fund corner, and just getting out ahead of this, the transfer news will just be me. Jace has been in transit all day today, uh, hoping he can get back in time for what is our ranking of the current big seven midfields going into next season. We've seen all this stuff going around who has the best midfield out of the uh, teams that have made midfield signings this season being Arsenal, United, and Liverpool. We thought, why not rank all big, all the big seven? So hopefully we have Jace back for that. If not, you'll hear mine, and then we'll get to his next episode. Nonetheless, let's get into this. Okay, welcome back. Double J Transfer News, sponsored by Fabrizio Romano and David Ornstein. Time. Just with Dylan, I'm getting a text from Jace as I speak. Uh, didn't even know that he would be traveling all day. It's been a long travel day for the man. So, plaudits to him for even trying to get back for this recording. Nonetheless, it will just be me, and that's completely fine. Everybody turns off this episode immediately. Dominic Zobosly officially announced at Liverpool this week from RB Leipzig. A lot of news made in regards to how much they paid. I don't think that really matters. They're getting a young talent at a high quality in a position where they've needed help all season. Now, do I think it is going to be the Trent as the lone six and Sobosly and McAllister in front of him like a lot of people have tried to throw out on the internet? No, I don't. I, I don't think the balance really works there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Klopp does elect to line up. I think last season I did say I like Trent on that right side of the of the midfield more than as a right back, not as a lone six though. His problem his problem as a right back was defending. And if you put him as a lone six, he's still going to have to defend a lot just in different positions as as a right back. He's going to be isolated with Zobosly and McAllister can do some dir- dirty work. Zobosly can do some dirty work. But they're going to be thinking about going forward in the same turn as Mason Mount and and Bruno Fernandez. So it is a huge positive in terms of creativity, goals, assists, connecting the midfield to that front three that looked absolutely, you know, disjointed. Looked like there was a massive hole all season in Liverpool last season when it was the midfield three they put forward, whether it be Fabinho as the lone six with sometimes Harvey Elliott, sometimes uh curtis jones towards the end of last season who looked really good and when curtis jones went in there was like oh my gosh an ounce of creativity has been brought into this midfield and it's all of a sudden just clicking i think we're going to see that with zobosline McAllister to a 10th degree next season i think they're going to be able to connect sala darwin nunez gakpo luis diaz all these guys jota to that midfield that we saw such a disconnect in last season, which was a lot of the problems for Liverpool was it felt like those attackers were so isolated with no midfield help. Now, 
could you play this little weird transformer four man midfield formation peps going with with maybe tiago trent zilva slide McAllister? maybe like it's weird midfields are weird now you're seeing all these different forms of variations the thing that i do know is dominic zilva Sly and alexis McAllister individually on their own make liverpool's midfield better However they line up next season, I think it'll be Fabinho, Zobosly, and McAllister, which is a lot more balanced and has a lot more confidence, even with the season Fabinho had last season. I have a lot more confidence in that than throwing Trent as a lone six with two attacking-minded midfielders. Um, with that being said, who knows? Klopp's clearly trying to do something. I think another one could come through, and I think it could be at that six position. But... Liverpool, I think, are in a similar, similar excuse me, position than uh, that United are in, that Chelsea are in, that Arsenal are in. Uh, even City have actually done their their kind of part of this business early, unsurprisingly, which is they need to sell people. They're going to look to move some of these guys on. I would imagine some guys they have some amount of value. I'm I'm surprised Fabinho links haven't been louder. I'm surprised some of these guys trying to get them off the books haven't been louder. With that being said, Firmino getting off. That's a huge wage cut. So Liverpool need more, though. I think they still need a center back. I think they still need a, a, another number six. Henderson ain't going to get it done next season. Fabinho, I think we saw this season take a big drop off. I don't think you can expect anything more than what you got this season next season. I think it'd be silly. The front three are fine. You don't need attackers. You're overloaded at left wing. You've got Nunez who can play off the left or play through central. You've got Jota who can do the same. Luis Diaz, left winger. You've got Salah off the right who's going to play forever. Harvey Elliott can go all, I, I consider him more as a, in that right wing role or as a number 10. So there's plenty there. Get another six. Get another defensive midfielder because Fabinho and Henderson aren't enough. I would say get another center back as well. Just from the looks of what we've seen from Van Dyke in the last year. Kanate can't stay fit. Joe Gomez isn't good enough. Matip can't stay fit. So, and probably a right back. Just in case Trent falls off a cliff. Defensively, and the right back is just he can't play there. So, I think it's a great signing Zobosly overall for Liverpool, but need more. Okay, let's move on. Mason Mount unveiled at Manchester United. We talked about this a little bit last week when the fee was agreed. He's unveiled today's... Or, two days ago at this point, I guess now, as the number seven, which got a lot of fans riled up in the United fan base. Uh, 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 he's got the number seven. Uh. My take on it is it would have been sick to see Garnacho get it. I would have loved to see Garnacho get it. But I also understand not putting the number seven on an 18-year-old kid and throwing that kind of weight on him. Um, if Fred leaves, we can just give him the number 17 too. And he can be like, oh, I'm young Portugal Ronaldo or whatever when he wore the seventeen. I don't think jersey numbers really matter all that much either anymore. Um, I think Mason Mount looks ready to go. I think very similar, as I said, to the Zoba Sly signing. He adds more to a midfield that needed more. Uh, Erickson, I think, did a great job as almost a plug gap for a season. But I think even Christian Erickson knows if we're trying to fight for Premier League's fight to get into you know meaningful positions, I mean, semifinal of a Champions League, if United want to get there, I think Erickson knows he's not going to be able to play every single game or be playing every single game or be a starter every single game. So Mount's going to come in. He makes our midfield, I think, vastly better from a position that he is young. He has had 
three very good seasons in England, one very bad season in England. And he will now have a manager when his one very bad season in England being under bad management, he will now have a manager who will have him ready to go. So I think the Mason Mount signing makes complete sense. United, I think giving the number seven is what it is. It's fine for United. He'll be great. And it's good to get this done when we do get it done. Now, with that being said, Andre Onana looks like he will be getting done here in the next couple days after a transfer from Inter Milan. Fabrizio Romano reporting that the second of United's bids, which was, I believe, 45 million euros with 5 million euros of add-ons, was rejected today. Expected a 55 million euro package, including add-ons, will come in the next couple days and that'll be accepted. So United will have their keeper position, which was vastly important, filled. They will have their central midfielder, which was vastly important in my eyes and I think a lot of United fans' eyes, and especially the manager's eyes, filled. And now we can move on to a striker, which the Telegraph are reporting that Rasmus Hoyland has uh, a 50 million pound bid for uh, to Atlanta from United will be coming in in the next few days. So United and clearly Eric Tinhog or someone in the uppers has given a kick in the backside of, hey, preseasons here in, you know, I don't know, two weeks, like players are showing back up today and the past couple of days to most clubs. We need to get our business to over the line. We need to get these essential deals done quickly. Other stuff we can work out. It was obviously not needed a keeper if De Gea was going to leave. It was obviously not even needed a midfielder just with how things went, you know, Erickson-wise. And then when Fred would have to come in or McTominay would have to come in, it was a huge drop-off. And we need a striker based on the form of last season. So with all that being said, I think if we can get the – we. If United can get those three in before preseason starts – you can worry about the other stuff. Worry about the center back later during preseason. I think a center back's probably needed. Um, but at this moment in time, is, 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 is it as goodness? Is it as necessary as a striker? No. So I like the Andre Onana purchase. I think for the price we're getting him at, it is an insane deal. It's Great business from United. I thought the Mount business was good, getting a 24-year-old for $55 million, approaching the peak of his career for the next six years is great business, the same way as Andre Onana is. And keeper years, Andre Onana is very young. So we'll come in, slot in, be the number one, and as far as number twos go, I don't care. Uh, Kovar's come back from the Czech Republic, if some United fans haven't heard of him yet. At this point, I'm sure you have. He's come back in after winning the Czech League. See if he could be a backup. Dean Henderson's still around the place as well. So we'll see. Okay. That's all the United news. That's the big Liverpool news. Let's get into Arda Guler from Fenerbahce. Arda Guler, youngster from Fenerbahce, who signs for Real Madrid. It looked like he was going to sign with Barcelona. He does not. Real Madrid. Pipe. Barcelona. Pip. Pip. Barcelona to him? Yes. Um, it's tough doing this alone without Jace. Guys, I'm going to be honest. It's tough. He's usually there to to be the voice of reason and the voice of like, yes, and confirming the things that I say. I don't have that right now. Um, they beat Barcelona to him. 20 million euro bid with, I believe, a lot of add-ons and then a 20% sell-on clause, um, which is great business for Fenerbahce. Uh, I've seen a little bit of him. 
And anytime I see a left footer from Fenerbahce, I just immediately go Emre Moore. Regardless, he's a beast. He he looks a perfect Real Madrid signing, young. You're probably not going to hear from him, from him for like 18 months, and then all of a sudden you'll be like, who's this Arda Guler guy? I don't remember when they – oh, that was from like two years ago, and now he's just absolutely incredible. Yeah, uh, he's got that little bit about him. He's got that little bit about him. Looks like he could play in a little bit of midfield, a little bit as number 10. They're just going to have midfielders galore. They're going to have so much talent in the wings, in the midfield, in the next couple of years, and for 10 years, essentially, at this point with with the age that they've got at Real Madrid. So great deal for Real Madrid. Well done. Um, all right. Other important news. Luis Enrique announced as PSG's new manager with the absolute shitstorm that is PSG this summer. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. I, I like Luis Enrique um, when he did to say that he was going to live stream um, coaching sessions or review sessions of the Spain games during the World Cup. I always knew that, that was never going to end well. So interesting to see. Um, do I think that he will be any different than what we have seen in um well, Gaultier last year was a little bit different just in the fact that they were like, hmm, we won't get a big name manager. We'll get someone from inside the French League, and it just failed. Uh, will it be any different than Tuchel? No. Will it be any different than Pochettino? No. Will it be any different than anyone prior to that? Who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting some big names. Um, da, 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 Carlo Ancelotti was there for a little bit, if I believe, if I remember correctly. Yes. So, no, no. They're not going to win the Champions League with Luis Enrique first season back with all the stuff that's going on. He'll be He'll be – a lot better than probably what they had last year, but it'll be more of the same. Um, and with that being said, PSG have opted to buy Javi Simmons back, who is now uh, like two months to decide whether he wants to stay at PSV or go back to PSG or like a month to decide. So um, yeah, stay at PSV or stay at PSG, one letter, making a massive amount of difference there. Um, and then they have the Mbappe situation. We were going to, I was going to hold off on this until Jace uh, potentially got back, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So I will go ahead and say, uh, discuss President Mbappe's, uh, well, his little situation he's got himself in here. The PSG president this week came out and said, essentially, he has two weeks to decide whether or not he wants to sign a contract extension or uh, we'll sell him. And um, if he signs the contract, I assume... All is good and well in PSG. Luis Enrique has one of the best players in the world. If not, then they will sell him uh, because according to the PSG owners' viewpoints, no team would let a player, an asset of that quality, go for free, which is completely fair and I completely agree with. It's just going to be interesting to see who's in for Mbappe and whether or not Mbappe actually accepts going there or what happens with the rest of this. So it's more of the same talk. But it's getting pretty serious to this point where Mbappe's kind of going like, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm just going to, you know, they know I'm going to run my contract out. It's all right. And then the PSG president's essentially like, you have two weeks. You have two weeks. Two weeks to decide. You hear me? You have two weeks to decide, Killian. And it's like, these are two very, very different lines of thought and ways of speaking. And Mbappe's just, ooh, I'm at the white party, Kim Kardashian. While the president of the club that you're playing for, who has given you Qatari business interest, is essentially holding a gun to your contract. And it's like, do it, sign it, sign it, sign it, Killian. He's like, I'm with Kim K. Kim K, what's up? Post us, what's up? No, I'll come back to PSG later. Summer, it's summertime. Let players party again. Double J, I listen to this. You know, he gets it. 
it's the weirdest situation I think I've seen in quite some time between club and and player where one one guy clearly doesn't give a crap. He knows he's ending up at Real Madrid one way or the other. And the other one's like I uh, I can I can fix this. I I just need to I need to threaten him and all this and it's just like Kylian doesn't care. It's going to end the same way that most of these transfer speculations end. Uh he's probably going to run his contract out. The player's going to get what he wants. Cuz theoretically he can just deny I guess all these contract offers or Madrid are going to come and buy him right now. So that situation has changed absolutely none, but it is hilarious to see how unbothered Kylian Mbappe is by uh, by his owners coming out and saying essentially a threat of you have two weeks publicly. Okay, um, some other stuff to get into Premier League wise. Manor Solomon to Spurs from Fulham. It looks like that's going to get done. It looks like that's going to get done. Jace filled us in on all those issues regarding his contract where he was playing for, I believe it was Shakhtar Donetsk or contracted by them, but this contract run out and it's all these kind of weird things. So um, we explained it previous. I'm not going to get into it again because I don't really remember it all that fully, but Manor Solomon will be a Spurs player next season. Good signing in my opinion. Fulham at, at points last season when Mitrovic was out, it was essentially Manor Solomon or nobody is scoring. Manor Solomon, Andreas Pereira before his injury and that, and, and that was it. Harry Wilson too. But it, it is uh, it is a positive signing for Spurs and also gives you more depth in an attack that you have lacked depth in for a while. When Son wasn't hitting last season, it was like, well, uh, who are we going to put up there? I mean, genuinely, like Richarlison off the left, I guess. He's pretty crap too, though. He needs some bench time to, you know, get his head right. So needed depth in positions where you need depth. Good job. Speaking of Spurs, potential that Ivan Perisic leaves Spurs this season. There's nothing official on this. This is all rumors, not Fabrizio or Ornstein. This is just stuff that I've seen. Fabrizio addressed it, said that it's rumors to this point. Could return to Croatia. Wouldn't surprise me. Last season was such a shit storm for, for Tottenham that I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of these players that came in specifically for Conte decide to leave. And Perisic is like nail on the head one where it's kind of like, all right, I came for that guy. Didn't really buy in for this whole like rebuild of, you know, or I, I'm just going to leave. So it wouldn't surprise me, but nonetheless, Spurs have been doing good business this summer. And that's uh, that kind of reflects in my midfield rankings where they would have been arguably last after um, last season. And they are not currently going to the next season. So, um, okay, let's talk Atletico Madrid. Uh, Kaglar Soyonku announced at Atletico Madrid. Somehow this guy got to Atletico Madrid. I've never seen it except for that three-month span when Harry Maguire first came to United and Soyonku was first at Leicester and everyone was going, oh my gosh, this guy could be, you know, he's better than Maguire, he's better than Maguire, he's better than Maguire. Since that point, he has not been good. Last season was not very good, and I'm shocked that Atletico Madrid have taken a shot on him. Um, Regardless, I think the better shot they've taken this week is also announcing officially Cesar Espilicueta, um, who leaves Chelsea after 10 years. Kind of crazy. He was there when me and Jace were freshmen in high school. I thought about that this week. It's just a wild thought to think about. And look at us now. Um, his message to the fans is also a point of bother for a lot of Chelsea fans. Mason Mount did his goodbye video where he said, you know, I think you deserve more than just a message. Chelsea fans accused him of telepromptering it and recording it earlier. Uh, Aspilicueta did the same thing, essentially, except he cried. And Chelsea fans were like, oh, my gosh, my captain. It's like, dude, come on, man. 
we're judging these guys are leaving. Be really like, sure, they care. Mount's been there for forever. Aspilicueta has been there for forever, but we're really gonna judge their goodbye videos and be like, oh, you can tell he doesn't care. He's not proper Chelsea. That Mason Mount boy's a rat. How do you know? You have no idea. These guys are professional athletes. They're just going to get paid. Just the same way you go get paid. Good Lord. Uh, nonetheless, more Chelsea news outgoings. Christian Pulisic to AC Milan. Looks like it's progressing. 22 million euros is the reported fee right now for Pulisic, which seems like I, I low to me, and that's American bias coming in, but he's still young and he hasn't, hasn't hit the ground running at Chelsea, but he's also never really been given that fair of a shake i feel like with a run of consistent time in the team interesting interesting uh i think he will end up at milan it seems like chelsea are just kind of going for cash in any form at this point to fund 100 million to brighton for moises caicedo um but i would like to see pulisic kind of at this point get out of the premier league i'm ready to see pulisic move on somewhere else if he if, there's nowhere in the premier league other than liverpool that he would be able to go and I would say like, okay, you can get a run of form. And that's just because Klopp. But I think he just needs to move on. It's time, man. Pulisic's been going for, goodness, what is it, five years now in the league? Can't do it. And he's just not, he's not up to doing it consistently. He's been injured a lot. He had the, he had the seat, the COVID year, and that's kind of it. So I'll like to see him at AC Milan. It's going to be tough to get game time with Rafael Leal there, but we'll see. Chelsea have also signed a 17-year-old, uh, Ish Samuel Smith, for £3 million, uh, which is, one, a very cool, very, very cool name. Ish Samuel Smith, in already. Two, another interesting signing from Chelsea, where they're just sweeping up a lot of these youth targets. They got that guy from Villarreal for using his release clause. It's very odd business. They haven't gotten that big name off the off the books, looking like they're trying to get a lot of names off of their books anyway, but they haven't gotten that big name, which I think will be coming with Caicedo. So, okay. Anything else I've missed? Yes, here we go. Reese Nelson uh, officially signs a new deal with Arsenal. William Saliba confirmed his new deal as well with Arsenal. I think those are good, good, re- good re-news. Good renewals. Goodness, guys, this is tough to do alone. Good renewals from Arsenal. Um, Nelson proved himself towards the end of last season uh, and second half of the season coming back from World Cup when Jesus was out and they needed that guy to come on, give them a spark. Saliba is the injury is the reason Arsenal probably lost the title by as much as they did. I will say that. I still think City get there even with Saliba fit, but the gap was as big because Saliba going down. Getting him extended was huge. And then Jurian Timber, it looks like will sign for Arsenal. I think we all knew that going into this week. We'd already talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, the medical is supposed to happen as you're listening to this on Friday. It will be happening. So uh, Arteta got hit. hit hell, uh, Arteta has got his three guys in before preseason that he wanted. It was obvious they wanted Rice. Very clear on Havertz when he was up for sale. And then boom, you go and get Jurian Timber to sure up a position that Jace has said has been very odd with Ben White going out there. He signed as a center back. So we'll see how they, we'll see how they line up that defense going into next season, but it is better numbers. And look at the defensive signings Arteta's made. Uh, Kivior, I think when he stepped in was incredible. Um, 
Tommy Yasu, since when he's played, has been good. And Ben White last season was incredible. So I, did he sign Gabrielle? I don't think he did. I wish Jace was here because he could confirm that or not. Um, nonetheless, is that it? No, last one. Last piece of news before we get into the Saudi Public Investment Fund corner. Inigo Martinez has been announced. Real Madrid has joined Real Madrid, has joined Barcelona. The 32 year old defender joins from uh, Athletic Bilbao, I believe, or Sevilla. Golly, I'm showing my La Liga non knowledge here. This is why, again, why we need Jace. Regardless, he has a 400 million pound release clause as a 32 year old center back. What are we doing in La Liga? What are we doing? 32 years old, 400 million pound release clause? Who do you think you're going to cook with that? Who do you think is going to be like, yeah, 400 million? Yes, deal. Makes no sense. These, these release clauses, I know they're just so their players can't get bought, but like, come on. I was right. Athletic Bilbao. Boom. Ball knowledge under Herrera. Okay. Let's get into our Saudi public investment fund corner right quick. Luis Castro announced at Al Nassar as the new manager, Ronaldo and uh, newly signed Brozovic, both there already. Hakeem ZX deal is still up in the air from the looks of it based on injury concerns. Looks like there's going to be more people coming into my Al Nassar, the team that I have adopted in the Saudi league. So, uh, Sue, I guess I don't really, we got to figure out a, a, a tagline for the team. Um, and then it looks like Saudi Amani could be, going to Saudi Arabia after a poor first season in Munich and a slight rebuild kind of going on in Munich. Looks like Al-Ali are interested um, who also have, uh, it's getting tough. It's getting tough guys. I, I don't know. I don't know who they have, but they've been murmurs with other people. Cause I've said Al-Ali in the past and I've never said that before in my life until we've been talking about these guys. So um, it'd be good for money. Get a paycheck, get a huge paycheck, man. You got nothing else. Where else? And honestly, really going to come back to the Premier League? I don't know. I don't know. I would take the money if I'm over the age of 31 and I've won the Champions League and the Premier League. Personally, I'm taking Saudi money every day of the week. Okay. And then finally, Tiago Alcantara has rejected the Saudi approach in favor uh, of most likely staying at Liverpool next season, which is not that surprising. Um, he hasn't been able to stay fit. It'll be interesting to see what that Liverpool midfield looks like, like I said, if Thiago can stay fit next season. Um, Okay, that's it. That is everything. I'm not sure if I just whirlwinded my way through that. There was not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, There was not a whole lot to talk about. Ooh, this is perfect timing. I can review season two of The Bear with just no Jace to like interrupt me and be like, this is a stupid idea. Screw you, Jace. This is for you when you're listening back. I'm going to review season two of The Bear. 9.3 9.3 out of 10. Incredible. If you have not seen The Bear on Hulu or FX, I would highly go and suge- suggest you watch it. Um, incredible, incredible, incredible season. The uh, Christmas episode was star-studded cast, incredible, and also was one of the realer moments where I've been like, I feel like I am in a family discourse right now that I don't need to be a part of. And it was wild. The ending of the season, wild. Also, just makes you want to cook all the time and eat. So don't watch it at like 1030 at night, late night snacks. Boom, through the roof. Through the roof when you watch this binge watch this show. 
you're like, oh yeah, I could do this. I could start cooking. That thought's going to go through your brain at least nine to 10 times. Don't, you can't keep it simple. All right. That's my bear season two review. Um, I am going to get into the top seven midfields from the big seven, as we call it. So City, Arsenal, United, Liverpool, all those guys. Good stuff. We'll get into that. And then uh, we'll get out of here. And by we, I mean me and you, the listener. We'll get out of here. Uh, Let's check in on where Jace is, and I'll be right back. All right, change of plans. You thought you were getting the top seven midfields. We checked in on Jace. Jace is not going to be able to make it, people. This is a solo Dylan Jones episode. And instead, we're going to turn it on its head and talk a little F1. F1 this weekend in Silverstone, last weekend in Austria. Rather lit, rather lit. Um, Lewis Hamilton crying about track limits for about you know an hour and a half got quite kind of annoying. I think this weekend, predictions going into this weekend, Lando Norris, top five. Lewis Hamilton, top five. Verstappen's going to win everything, obviously, like every single, every, every single thing. And Sergio Perez bounce back race, hopefully. Needs Sergio Perez to have a bounce back race in what's looking like it's going to be his his retirement tour towards the end of this season um, for Red Bull. Um, Okay, I think that's all I've got. Guys, I'm beat to a pulp. It's late when we're recording this. We've been up. Been we've been trying to see if we could get this one in and out to you guys. Um, regardless, not that much happened this week. Not a whole lot happened. So we got you an episode nonetheless. Good job, Liverpool. Good job, United, for announcing your midfielders. Um, we'll talk about midfields next week, as I assume Chelsea will have at least increased their interest or made it known even further into Moises Caicedo. I've got a funky feeling that's going to get going here in the next week for Mauricio Pochettino, who did his first interviews this week too. That's something to talk about, I guess we could have talked about. But nonetheless, uh, Silverstone this weekend, Verstappen's going to win. If anyone else wins, it's the craziest thing that we've seen all season. Okay, I've been Dylan. I've been Jace. I've been Jace. All right, going crazy at this point, people. We'll see you guys uh, next week. We may do a double episode week next week. We may do a double episode week next week. Don't quote me on that off the record. Just man to man may do a double episode week. If not, we'll see you guys this time next week with Jace returning. All right. Peace.